Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, we're recording this week a little early because Steve and I are going to Las Vegas. And right. so by the time you're hearing this, we will be on our way back. The condition will be in to be determined. Um, well, depending, on when, they, depending on when they listen to it, right? If you, True. If but we, it will be available, right? We might be, right. we might be, be figuring out what to do on our way home or right. on our way home. Um, but anyway... Uh, so I just want to put that out there because if something really fucking crazy happens on Friday afternoon, right. not our fault. <laughs> right. Or Thursday. Um, or Thursday. I mean, or, you know. Yeah, there's that. Um, I was going to give away the whole thing. Right. But, but fair because, you know, we didn't even put Ukraine and, and Russia on the board uh, specifically, but I did want to talk about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's video directed towards the Russian people. Mm -hmm. um, so he basically put out a nine-minute video talking about his experience growing up in the Soviet bloc. And how you're being, you know, telling the Russian people you're being lied to. Um, Arnold, I've always been an Arnold fan to some degree. Yeah. Pretty much since the first Conan movie, I've right. been an Arnold fan. He made some awful movies in the 80s yeah. that I watch and still kind of They're still funny. great. They're still great. Commando is Com fantastic. Com Commando, yes. We, we talked about yeah. that once where the closing scene in Commando when he tears a steam pipe off the wall, throws it through a guy's chest in a perfectly straight line, right. threw him into a boiler, and then says, let off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. It's one of the <laughs> dumbest... If you watch that, go, oh my God. <laughs> well, but, just even how he gets to that island... Like the like with everything that he brought with him on the like just on the anyway. robot, he's flexing with every stroke and then he'd well to be fair I mean like rowing is it is a great it, workout it'll, like I mean if you do it shirtless you're gonna see some some, some muscle pop yeah, but true anyway besides <laughs> Arnold's terrible '80s movies uh, but yeah so he made this really passionate uh, video and sent it out and the Russian government lost their mind over it Russian t state TV then started playing. Um, a video with Laura Logan. Laura Logan. So who started playing American, this video? Uh, Russian, the Russian, Russian TV. Russian okay. TV yeah. So they're, they're they're denouncing Arnold and saying he's right. spreading lies, and Laura Logan is spreading the truth. She was on a show called Real America's Voice. Um, I meant to look it up a minute ago when we were talking about it, and I guess my attention span can be questioned because I didn't bother, and frankly, I don't give a fuck. It's either OAN or Newsmax or whatever. It's something that says Fox isn't far enough right. She went on there and talked about how the Ukrainians really are Nazis and they've been using Nazi symbolism and then they were using pagan symbolism too. So now, is it a form of government or lack of religion that we're upset about out of these people? And I already know the answer to this question because we talked about it a second before we got on the air, but um, neither of us knew who the fuck Laura Logan is. Right. I, I frankly still don't know much. Apparently she used to be an embedded reporter going on a, a, a hardcore right-wing news program and basically saying, yep, the, you know, Ukrainians really are supporting Nazis and, and all this stuff. Wait, wait, what? What? Yeah. Oh, she's, oh. She's, she's defending. So they're using her as propaganda, saying Arnold's lying. Here's another American, a blonde woman who really knows what is going on in, her, in Ukraine because she's Jesus been there. Christ. And they're using the, the Z that is a symbol of the swastika that they don't want to use specifically because they're trying to hide their real Nazi roots and they're using the black sun, which is a pagan symbol. I'm like, 
okay, are we fighting Nazis or witches? <laughs> and it's just, to me, the fact that people like Lara Logan are not getting called out way more is... Well, I mean, it, it, here's the problem. I think on the one hand, so Real America, the Real America's voice or whatever right, apparently is right. a channel. Uh, I, I, see, I just I just I, looked I it up. Oh, so it, it is actually a channel. Yeah, no, okay. it's an actually it's actually an it's actually a channel. Um, you know, I, and I don't know anything about Laura Logan. I didn't see her video. Um, you know, it, it's of course it makes sense that you know I mean like it's clear that we're just at a point where like Republicans are simply going to be just obstructionist in every way, shape, or form. You know, every and and it's and it's a broader word than Republican, right? And it's broader than the GOP. It's broader than conservatives. It's broader than Trumpism and MAGA, right? Like it's that whole other side, right? Who just decided that anything that the Democrats say, do, feel, think, whatever, they have to be the exact opposite, right? So it's just like, oh, there's a there's a war in Russia, and the Democrats are supporting Ukraine. We support Russia, right? Right? And initially, it was here's the problem with the point though. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Republican. Yeah, but Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Republican, but it's I think that's why I'm saying it's bigger than okay, those yes, labels. Yes, yes. Right? It, it's it's a it's it's bigger than those labels, and there's plenty of Republicans, you know, whether they're in the Senate or sure. Congress or whatever, who haven't completely lost their mind that are that are saying what seem to be the right thing. Right. Right. But there's also plenty. Right, I mean, and then you have the ones who just won't say anything of value or won't say anything at all that you never hear from. But then you also then you have this other, like extreme side of of the of that aisle, I guess, right. um, like this Laura Logan person who are just coming out and flat out saying, "Yep, yep, Ukrainians are totally wrong here, right? Like they're they're they really are Nazis, and the Russians are totally right for invading a sovereign country, right? Because they, you know, be, be, like." I'm sorry, like, even even if the U Ukrainians were Nazis, right? Like, so we're, we're saying, all right, well, because they're Nazis, it's fine if we invade a sovereign country. Now, listen, as a U.S. citizen, given the U.S. and what we've done in terms of invasions and sovereign countries and everything else, I mean, we got a lot of nerve, pot, meat, kettle. But, I mean, I'm still sure. watching it happen in real time, and I know every – it's still – it, even though we've done we've done it, it still doesn't make it right, or it, it still doesn't mean that we sit on the sideline and not say anything when we see somebody sure. else do it. It's also, in large part, an attack on the U.S. media and on social media. So yeah. they're using the saying, you know, you're getting the lies from the mainstream media because the media has been the target of the extreme right for a very long time, got amplified under Trump, and it's now um, a... Uh, you know, a, a mainstay. Like, if I say what's happening in Ukraine is terrible, oh, you believe that because you listen to the lamestream media. I know Laura Logan's a real reporter and she saw what's happening on the ground. I'm like, you don't know shit about Laura Logan. Right. I frankly don't either. Um, if right. I, I mean, if I'm being proven wrong, I understand the distrust for the media, but this seems like such obviously tailored bullshit and it's all about trying to find that rich, that, sorry, that niche further and further right by the right wing media, like to gain that ground because Fox was Fox, and then OAN and Newsmax jumped in and said, "Oh, Fox will occasionally say things that aren't insane. We can't have that." And these folks are apparently jumping in, trying to go. We can, yeah, like, hold, I mean, my, hold my beer. Yeah, OAN. let's go full crazy. Yeah, so, you, you know, um, 
Yeah, I, I I don't have a ton to say about it. You you know you don't want to direct too much traffic that direction. Um, you know, and and what's scary is that there are people out there who believe that the Ukrainians are at fault that they brought this on themselves. That you know whether they believe that there's there's you know that the Ukrainians are the the second coming of Nazis or right. whatever. Um, but they they will it they will convince themselves they will use you know this sort of cognitive dissonance to you know, put themselves in the right, you know, and, and they have to pit themselves against Democrats. They have to pit themselves against progressives and liberals, and they have to make sure that they are where they believe the right side is. And the right side is saying the opposite of whatever that particular side of whatever that side is saying, no matter what, you know, yeah. I mean, and we'll, and, you know, when we get to, when we get to, um, Katanji Brown Jackson and her confirmation hearing, it's the same thing, right? Like you've got a bunch of senators who are going to say, oh, she's well qualified. She's beyond qualified. And, you know, she seems, you know, super intelligent and checks all the boxes, but they're not going to vote for her. Right. Like just because they can't, there's, how can they, how, you know, like, cause they, yeah. refuse, but anyway, um, but, you know, and that's, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have anything to say other than it's not a surprise. Um, it's, it's sad. It's frustrating. Um, but I think the, the big question I have is one kid, well, Russians, we know Russians are pulling Laura Logan's video and then putting it on you. They're, they're using it. So the question is, you know, I'm sure at this point there's gotta be some groundswell or grassroots, uh, recognition by the Russian people that something is afoot with the information that they're getting, right? Maybe they're not fully distrustful. Maybe, maybe they don't fully realize that it's all bullshit, but I have to believe that there, there are people on the ground in Russia that are saying, you know what, I don't know if, I, if I'm buying what they're selling. So my question is then, even if it's a small, even if it's a minority, given the way Russia has cracked down on outside social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that other stuff, I'm wondering what the Russian people are seeing besides Russian state television. What do they have access to? How can they? Sure. How can they get information? Like, can they still get our podcast? Right, our podcast is on Podbean. It's we on did, all these. We did not have any Russian listeners last time two weeks ago when I checked, which I was very disappointed by. Okay, so so I'm just yeah, and which is disappointing because we we have in the past, right? And that's not like that's, that's, not, that's not a bragging. joke. That's, that's we actually right. I mean, we, we joked about for years though. It was like, holy shit, we got listeners. In right, Russia. like who's who's listening to us over in Russia? Um, you know, back when it was fun, and now it's not. But um, you know, the real question is just, like, how can they get information and how can people who, who can at least see it from the outside get them, you know, as what, accurate information as possible? And that's, that's the... What, what encourages me is, unlike pre-social media and pre-internet, it's a lot harder to keep information out, right? True. I mean, in the 50s, all you had to do was put it in the newspaper and on the one... It is, TV unless station, they shut the internet down. True, but then you know the internet's been shut down, and you know what used to be available to you is pe being taken yeah, away. But, if they, I mean, if have, but they could say anything. They could say that the, the U.S. did it, hacked their system, and shut, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're you're, gonna. You're not wrong. I just I think people are smart enough to go. All right. You sure? Uh. You sure? Because yeah, we elected Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert to offices. They're not as dumb as us. When it, well, they, are you sure? They, okay, they didn't elect Putin. They elected not getting shot. Okay. Which is different. <laughs> if you told okay. me you have to vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene or get shot, 
So next topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, we've we've you know everyone's talking about Ukraine for the for for good reason, and I really wanted to commend Arnold because I respect the guy getting out there and and saying what he did. But there's so much going on domestically that's kind of not getting as much attention as it should. One of them is the Crown Act. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want it or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I mean, I could, I could take it. Um, you know, the Crown Act essentially makes it, um, uh, you know, against the law to discriminate against people because of their hair in the workplace, right? And so this is targeted mostly for African-American women um, and men to a degree so because there, are hard, there have been a number um, of notable instances of, you know, black employees with, you know, dreadlocks, afros, whatever, um, being either reprimanded or or uh, uh, disciplined not hired, not hired. or not hired or fired because of their hair. Um, and, you know, hair is a huge thing. I mean, it's a big thing for everybody, you know, for bald guys like us because we don't have it. For, <laughs> you know, for, you know, the average guy, right. it's because he does have it. And, and, you know, I mean, getting haircuts and how your hair is kept is, is used as some sort of a... A, a, a social a, statement. Of right, right? I, right. And so, um, but typically it's, you know, culturally... Uh, uh, focused hair, whether it's, you know, like dreadlocks and, like I said, afros and different different cuts and even, sure. you know, dyeing hair and all that other stuff, um, it has been taken out on black people, right, for the most part. Now, there, there have been some other groups uh, out there, whether, you know, you sure. a white girl who dyes her hair pink or, you know, sure. cuts all her hair off or whatever it might be. Um, I think that that kind of gets pulled into it as well. Um, but I mean, this is, this is a big thing because especially more so for black women, right? Black guy, you go get a haircut. You're probably not going to do anything too crazy. And if you're a black guy who cuts your hair in a weird sort of way, chances are you're not working in an office anyway. You're probably a creative doing, working in that realm field, whatever. Um, but for black women, it's just harder because they're, 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 it's black women's hair is, is just a harder thing to deal with, right? My daughter is black. I have to deal with. I have to do her hair at times, and listen, it's not an easy challenge. My kid's got a lot of fucking hair. Your kid has a lot of hair. I mean, a lot of hair. And then, I watched like, your wife working with her. Yeah, I mean, like just just off. just trying to you know get her hair in a bun, or just trying to get it into two little, uh, like get it into a ponytail, or get it into two little. Like it's just, it's a lot to to tackle. And then when you talk about going up into the professional world. Um, being able to deal with it, having to having to deal with it every morning. Like, I mean, for a lot of women, for a lot of black women, what they do is they cut their hair down, you know, pretty close to, not necessarily bald, but they cut yeah. it down pretty far and they just wear a wig every day. Right. Because it's just, it's a hell of a lot easier. Um, you know, other women take, you know, other measures where they just, they, they, you know, they just keep it short and then they just wear it short. Um, and other women just don't feel as comfortable whether they don't feel as attractive or it's just not the look that they right. want. Um, they keep their hair, but then it's how do I keep my hair in a fashion that's considered professional, right, that I can maintain and work with on a daily basis. Um, and it's been a moving target for black women for a long time, right? It's just like, well, you can't have dreadlocks or, you know, they can't be a certain diameter or, you know, you can't wear them up or they can't be too long. Um, oh, you can't get to, you can't use micro braids or they have to be micro, like all these sort of things. There can't be any color in them because if it's not your natural hair color then that like all these sort of rules and regulations against 
one, you know, the way women wear their hair, um, and it just goes into that bucket of legislating women's bodies. Right. And right? this is a law that shouldn't be necessary. It absolutely should not be, but, but at the same time, given our nation's history, well, it's it's way overdue. And, and there's one thing about it that I didn't think about until I was reading the story or watching the story. Remember that uh, kid that was a wrestler in New Jersey that the referee made him cut his hair yeah. or he had to disqual get disqualified? Yeah. So whenever there's laws that say you can't hire people based or, or not hire people based on this, I respect the effort, but they always find a way around it. Not that, there's, yeah. not that that means you shouldn't do it. Just know that, oh, we did not hire him because of his dreadlocks. We didn't hire him because we thought we had a more, yeah, qualified, more qualified candidate, right. blah, blah, blah. But even not, you know, um, hiring and firing, but just discrimination in being out in public. Like, you can't wrestle because I don't like the way your hair looks. There's bullshit. And, and we, we talked about that story extensively when it happened. So there's more to it than just hiring and firing. And again, it shouldn't be necessary, but sadly it, it is. And then um, our friend Lauren Boebert got up in front of Congress to cast her vote. By the way, 189 Republicans voted against the Crown Act. <laughs> now, I would say maybe there's something in there that they were unified against and it wasn't really the hair thing, but none of them fucking read it, so I'm not giving them that excuse. And if that was their excuse, they come out and say, oh, also in this bill is it's legal to kick white guys in the nuts if you wear dreadlocks, and we're not voting for that. I'm for not letting white guys get kicked in the nuts. But... Lauren Boebert gets up there and says, I know you're... doing it anyway. <laughs> um, I've, but, Stop me, bitch. <laughs> but, but Lauren Boebert gets up there and says, I have the proxy of Louis Gohmert, and we are voting no on the bad hair bill. Yeah. What? Yeah, I That's mean... That's not a dog whistle. No, That's a I mean, whistle. It, it's, it's, it's showboating, and it's also, I, I mean, it's, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago where I said, you know, the the... the um, directness and the boldness of you know these racist statements are there. It's growing, Absolutely. right? And and we're getting closer and closer to you know whether it's a Marjorie Taylor Green or Lauren or a Bobert or you know a Josh Holly or someone coming right. out and just flat out saying the thing that they haven't been saying for a long time. Right. And getting support because and of getting it. and not and not only saying it but like you know like because you'll get the normal backlash from the left but there's going to be you know basically silence on the right and then even support from fellow congressmen and senators with you know roaring applause from the you know streets of Northeast Ohio. Um, I, I just it, it just I feel it building. I feel it coming, and I I don't know I don't know what that means. Right? I mean I I don't because I don't I. I most of the Democrats really, they're not fighters. Like, they talk a huge game, right? Like, they will they will get on any show on Sunday and say all the things. They'll get on a podcast, and they'll get all sassy with all the stuff they're going to do. But I, I don't know. I don't know how much action they actually put behind it and how much fight. And frankly, they get outflanked and outmaneuvered all the time politically. Um, you know, so once, if and when we get to that point, I don't, I don't know who who's really able to check them if they do it because i think what's happening is that this group that we're talking about the marjorie taylor greens and the lauren boberts they're not doing anything for the people that they represent 
Right, like they're, right. they're literally like, lost. I mean, like they're, they're not bringing any money for them. Like they're raising money, but it's not, <laughs> you know, they're not bringing it in from, from the federal government into their state. They're raising money for themselves, you know, because from donors, right, from donors directly to them, but they're not doing anything beneficial for their state or for the people that they represent. Um, but yet they have this groundwell of support. Uh, and, and they can say, they continue to say all these ridiculous things. They continue to raise all this money. And what they're realizing is that, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? I get censured. Right. right? Okay. I've been censured. Oh, great. I'm, I'm not on, I'm not on committees. Okay. So I can just spend my time, do whatever the fuck I want, still collect my money. Um, you know, still collect my paycheck every month. And then I, all I got to do is get reelected with, oh, by the way, I got this war chest that I built up by saying ridiculous shit. So how much more ridiculous can I get and still get paid? I mean, I think that's where we're at. They're also in districts that are so gerrymandered that not only, not only do they not get hurt by doing this, they probably would get hurt if they didn't do it. Maybe. The way things, but this will be interesting to me when it gets to the Senate. Because senators can't play quite the same game. Right. And if, if Lindsey Graham, who I have very little regard for, um, has been well documented in our conversations and on the show, um, a guy like Lindsey Graham, what does he do? I mean, he barely won his last re-election bid. Um, the guy has the spine of a jellyfish. And when it gets there, let's see what the... I mean, and not that I mean the problem, here's the problem. I mean, in in voting against this mean like I mean it, it's it's it pretty, means nothing. Well, voting voting against this uh, just symbolically is is a giant agree okay giant red flag of hey I'm a racist fuck. Yes, absolutely. Right, like I I want it to be okay for people to be able to to be discriminated against for their hair, knowing that the main people that are going to be discriminated against for their hair are this particular group. Yes. I want to see that group hurt, therefore I'm going to vote no. That's what that vote says to me and should say to anyone. And if you have a reason other than what I just said of of a reason why this act shouldn't be supported, then I'm calling bullshit on you. I want you to explain it to my face. Right. Right? I want you to say it to my face and be willing to take the punch that follows when I don't buy your bullshit. You can't beat up everybody. But, um, I absolutely the fuck oh, I can't. Oh, well, you're not going to Congress and beating up 189 Congress members. Um, no, Dude, you're not getting... Pack my suitcase with Gatorade. Let's go. <laughs> and, but in, in, in all seriousness, they're doing it to openly admit we support racism. The good Gatorade period. with electrolytes, by okay. the way. Okay, good. No, so no, I don't cramp no, up. No. Um, but no, I, I mean... That's what it is, period. Yeah, I mean, I think you know you need to take account of who's voting against this. Now, I mean, this act is... How big is it? Like, yes, for, for black women, it's very big. For the overall, for the, for the health of the country, it's important. Um, as it relates to, you know, our infrastructure, our security, all that other stuff, um, it's not the biggest act in the world. And a lot of people probably will forget about it shortly after we talk about it. But um, it, I think it is important to take note of who, how people vote on this. I, right? I mean, I think it's really important to, to take note of how they vote on it and Really, and what's unfortunate, they're not going to be held to account for it. Right? The people who vote no, no one's going to be like, so um, why right. did you vote no? Specifically, tell me the exact reason why you think that it should be okay for people to just flat out not be hired or be fired or punished or whatever based off the way that their hair looks. Right? Right. Like, what, what it, since how does hair impact a job? 
Please right. tell me. You know, unless you're unless you're a lunch lady serving food and you're not wearing a hairnet or or a lunch fellow or whatever, um, I got I got I, I need to know, right? I mean, because I see plenty of hairstyles where I'm like, all right, that's a turnoff, right? <laughs> but I mean, there's people who have normal hairstyles that are a turnoff, right? They got you know like old white guys with a comb over, that's a turnoff. Well, you know what? I'm I joked about this on, on on stage where like I'm glad that I had to start shaving my head when it was socially acceptable for white guys to do it. Because in the 80s and 90s, a guy looking like me was sending a political statement I don't want to send. Well, true, but, but I but, mean... But, but, but uh, the comb-overs are horrible. And, yeah, and, I mean, but there's but you, there's a dozen hairstyles out there that you see. I mean, like, you, <laughs> shit, I, go down south uh, at 6 o'clock in, in Texas or Florida or whatever, and you, you see the, the older ladies that, that still use Aquanet... Right, that that's that is offensive to the senses, right? Not only the the, the size of the hair, but the fact that you could smell the hairspray. Okay. That was a factor in the latest episode of that Lakers series on HBO. I can't wait for you to watch that. Okay, sorry, sorry, uh, but Jerry but, Buss and Aquanet big part. But there's but there's so many like so it's so subjective. Sure. Right, as 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 it relates to hair, like I, I mean, I see guys walking around all the time. I'm like, how? Why would you choose to do your hair that way? But it would never get them, you know, fired, disciplined, right. not hired, or whatever in a job. And so the idea idea that you're going to vote against this act that says, hey, by the way, we're not discriminating against people for their hair. Let's look at them and see art. Like, let's let's hire people based on merit, based off the value that they bring to a company, what their hair looks like. In most instances, does not matter. Let's move past this. No, we shouldn't need it, but it's well past due. Um, and if you vote no against it, you need to be held accountable. I want you to explain why you say no. The only way, reason I would vote against it is... We should be allowed to discriminate against man buns. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I just fucking hate the man buns. I don't understand. I hate the man buns so fucking they much. They hate man buns I so much. I hate it so much. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to cut Cole Beasley what he was doing well for oh, us because of the jealous. man. I'm like, no, of his hair or his man. You're just jealous of the and man bun. I am not jealous of the man bun. All right, but this kind of rolls right into our next topic because Katanji Brown Jackson's hearings have been going on. Yep. And I, it's hard to call it a well. It's probably a coincidence, but it's just interesting that at the time when a black woman um, is about to become the first black woman on the Supreme Court of the United States, the fact that an issue like this that clearly targets black women is black women is hard to ignore. Yeah. Um, and so. And I the, think I and, and I haven't really gotten a chance to watch much of this, but I believe I think I saw somewhere that maybe she's got like microbreeds in herself. Um, I, I, and, and I just, I haven't had a, a lot of time to watch it, um, during, you know, cause it's going on during the day and I, I've just been slammed at work, but, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is interesting how these two things tie together in terms of timing. I don't know if that was planned or not, like you said, but it, but it is interesting. It is interesting. And some of the grandstanding going on around her confirmation has been. Yeah. It, in no, look, I mean, uh, on the one hand, it, it's, it's. It's completely absurd what this process has become, because like I said earlier, you know, you're going to have 50 Republican senators that are all going to vote against this woman, right, for Supreme Court justice. Right. And then you're going to have 50 Democrats and the vice president that all vote for her and she's going to get confirmed. Right now, that's not what this process is supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to look. Um, you know, I mean, like, like, first of all, one of the problems, and, and again, Republicans need to be held to task for this, is that this woman's been confirmed twice already. She was a federal district right. judge. 
She's a federal appellate judge, right? She's a federal appellate judge in D.C., which is the one that kind of feeds right into the Supreme Court, right? Like, so, you know, Lindsey Graham, you brought up earlier, he voted for her, you know, for her confirmation on the appellate bench. So he's going to actually, is he, does he, will he, and I think he will, have the audacity to vote no for her to go to the Supreme Court, right? I you mean, know what? Look, I'm almost willing to put a very small wager on that. You know what? It's in... In the spirit of us going to Vegas, let's bet on it okay. because I think it's it's worth it. I think there's a chance that he could, but I just he's been so spineless over the last I don't know five six years, and I didn't I really I didn't pay that much attention to Lindsey Graham prior to the whole thing with Trump. Spineless douchey old. But I mean, when he when he had John McCain running him, he was much yeah better. yeah true that. So yeah, we can we can absolutely bet on it. We'll we'll figure out the terms here shortly and then and then go ahead. But. You know, just the idea that this woman's been confirmed twice to be a federal judge and with all her experience and, and her, listen, her, her experience is extensive. Harvard summa cum laude, Harvard law cum laude, right? She's, 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 she's clerked right. for multiple federal judges. One of them is the judge she's replacing on the Supreme Court. Right, I mean, she she she's worked. Uh, the, for, she, uh, her resume, like, go just right. go look it up, and and it's long. And after a while, you're just like, okay, I get the point, right? Um, and and I don't think that's a that's not an understatement, or I'm sorry, that's not an overstatement. And plenty of people are saying it. Even even some of her detractors are saying, we're not going to be able to get you on experience, right? Because she's she's got that much. I mean, she's got way more than than Amy Comey Barrett had. Um, she's got more, frankly, than Brett Kavanaugh had. Um, in terms of experience, uh, and so that's not going to be where they're going to get her, and they're they're going to try to get her on on her on these different concepts um, and and sort of belief systems, you know, trying to bring right. religion into it. And Lindsey Graham did that to her. I got yeah. to watch some of that. So he basically said, "How important is your faith to you? What is your faith? What is your whatever?" And she did exactly what a legal mind should do and said, "I don't base my legal decisions." on my personal faith. She said, I'm a Protestant, I'm a non-denominational Protestant, but that does not factor into how I interpret the law, because that's how it's supposed to be. Now, I got to watch Ted Cruz do some awesome grandstanding. I think you did as well. I'm happy to uh, summarize it or throw it to you I, again. You know what, I, I honestly, it's, you know, the one, the one thing that I will say, because I, I hate bringing attention to this, because I don't know if it does what we wanted to do. Like there's on the one hand you call him out, but on the other hand, it's he's saying these things so that people watch, whether you like right. him or not, right? right? But but the one thing that he that he did bring up is is he starts it by saying, you know, we're not gonna ask you if you like beer. Right. We're not gonna you know, we're not gonna ask you about you, you know your your high school dating. high school dating and stuff like that. Now listen, which we criticized by the way back in the day. Rich, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, like now listen. I still think that the Democrats went about the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing all wrong. I'm, and I agree. We, and, I mean, and, we put that in our, I put an article. Right, like they they went about that all wrong. And I realized that the the feminist crew out there is just like, but he did. Like, listen, I'm sorry. It was 30 plus fucking years ago. They were they were in high school. They were drinking at a party. The story was that he tripped, he fell, he groped her up. I, I, like well, I'm sorry, or he may have. It was whatever. Okay. Either way, I'm sorry. It was I, I, we lose. You lose this one. Sorry. Get over it. 
Right. Right. Now, if you, you want to get mad at me about you got to believe all women and, and every story counts, th- th- fine. We're just going to disagree because I got no way to fucking prove what this woman is saying. And there's so much on the line. I absolutely will not just believe it just because she said it. I'm sorry. Right. Like you got like if you're going to come with that sort of an ac- a- accusation at that point in time, you better have fucking proof. Right. You just you better have proof. Um, well, and and, and something may have happened thirty years ago, right? And, 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 and listen, as as someone who's had to deal with witnesses, people can barely remember what the fuck happened yesterday, right? No matter how, no matter what the level of trauma of the event was, right? Like so, so her account of what happened, I don't even, I have no way to figure out how accurate it is, right? Um, and, 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 and like I, I can't, you know what I mean? And going okay. back and getting, they, they had trouble finding witnesses. And, you know, people were like, yes, I would, yeah, something, ha- I mean, it was a party, we were drinking, something happened. Um, so anyway, the, like, getting off the whole thing with Ted Cruz, the, f- the thing about that that frustrates me is that they had to go back to Kavanaugh. Because remember, Amy Comey Barrett, she was able to get confirmed with very little, I mean, like, people were worried about her and, and Roe versus Wade because she's very, she's written some things that, that led right. people to believe that she was very anti-abortion, which I think she that is. she is. Um, but nonetheless, she, she, she basically got in, she got in with, with, not a lot of, with not a lot of fanfare, and it happened extremely fast, right? Now, now, the Democrats weren't in much of a position to stop it, but nonetheless, the fact that they had to skip over her Right to go back to Kavanaugh to to to, to pull out how pissed off right. they were about the whole thing is so ridiculous. Well, I think to be fair, the Kavanaugh thing was basically a Democratic temper tantrum over the Merrick Garland nomination, which was a disgrace. the The way the Republicans didn't even give Merrick uh, Garland a vote was disgraceful. I stand by <laughs> that. Complaint. I mean, I, but then to go well now we're gonna dig into what did you do in high school? Did you drink too much in college once and throw up? And I'm like fuck it, stop. It's uh, well, that's it's different though because because uh, Blasley Ford made the allegation against Kavanaugh. So you like once she makes the allegation, you ha- you do sure, you do you need up, to look sure. into it and follow up. Um, I just thought that the way they went about it was was just it it was a political train wreck. You know, I mean, and, and you got to understand, I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking at this from just what the, the political cost is, right? What, 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 how much are you putting on that political credit card? How much, how much collateral are you spending with your different antics that you're pulling off? And are you getting anything out of it? Because here's the thing, you did all that and he still got confirmed. Right. And, and it literally did nothing. You dragged that woman, Basley Ford, through the mud, right? I mean, like it, you, you got her a whole bunch of enemies He's still on the Supreme Court, and he's still making decisions. So I'm not exactly sure what all that got you, what your plan was. You didn't have the numbers. It 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 made no sense. It was foolish. Now, now, I think the Republicans are a little smarter in that they're they're going to try to they're they're using this as 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 a as a sounding board to let off their frustration. Not only about Brett Kavanaugh, but just about progressives in general. Yeah, it's a, it's a we're taking the high road. Right. We're going to bring up all these other things, and we're going to talk about how awful you were, and we're not going to be like you. And that's exactly how Ted Cruz's right. grandstanding went. I mean, and it's not like I, I, listen, they're they're not they're not geniuses. I think that, that there's no really way for them to come out looking good on this. Like the the people who who just support them blindly will absolutely clap at everything they say and do. But for the you know the normal sane person that's somewhat objective in the middle. I don't think Republicans are going to come off looking good on this, and the Republicans have to be careful, right? Because again, we're talking about senators, not congressmen. 
Um, th they need to be careful on how they come off on this because I think that in the back of their heads, they know that if they take this the wrong direction, that they will absolutely look like racist assholes, right? Racist, misogynistic ass assholes, and right. they'll be taken a task for it. Um, and they have to be careful because there's there's a few people in their own party that are fellow uh, senators right. that could look, you know, could start giving sort of the side eye if they if they, you know, if they really push it too far. So I mean, I think that this is just an opportunity for them to get on a soapbox, express their displeasure with progressives, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of these senators, when they're questioning her, they're bringing up things that have nothing to do with her, right? They're just right. they're just expressing their frustration about things in general knowing damn well that it doesn't matter and there's not much that they can do to stop this. But they're creating sound bites that they're going to use. That's exactly right. And I mean, they're creating the sound bites for Fox and OAN yep. and Newsmax and, and apparently Real America's voice. Right, <laughs> right. Um, the, well, I think that she'll get uh, voted in by a pretty comfortable majority, but I always feel the need to bring this up whenever we talk about No, she, she won't get voted in by a comfortable majority. She's going to be... I'm going to go 60-40. <sighs> see. I mean, do you want to bet on that we, too? We, we do a parlay. I'm going to think about that one. Okay. Um, you're sober. I'm not. So I'm going to think about that one before I put anything of, of substance down. But um, you really think 60 40? Are you insane? Yeah. You think I, there's 10 Republicans that are going to vote for this woman? Yes. Okay. Well, again, I'm. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm not putting anything official in, on, on the. Uh, in, I mean, in writing right now. We'll go but, over under seven and a half. <laughs> I think we, that's a good are, bet. We, we are going to Vegas. We are going to Vegas. You know I think, I think, seven, actually, you know what? That is a very good bet. I think over, I mean, over, so, whether you take over. Seven and a half Republicans. Seven and a half, seven and a half Republicans voting for Kataji Jan, Kataji Brown Jackson. And you're saying it's over. I'm saying over right okay. now. I'm saying it right now. I'm not. I'm not, uh, did that, I'm not I mean, that's I mean, about. Look, we put the bag of my head against the wall thing over your boy, uh, Beto O'Rourke. Right. My head and that wall are still intact. Fair. Um, Fair. <laughs> He's now running for governor, so I think you're safe. Okay, good. Uh, but uh, is he really? Yeah, he is. No good. Um, well, and when will they vote for a confirmation? Do we know? Or is it uh, wait for the hearings? So they had to the... get through. T I, I know she was she was under the microscope again today, and so I think the hearings probably wrap up. I think officially everything's said and done either today or tomorrow. Um, and so we should have a vote uh, in, in the next, I would say in the next couple of weeks. And there have been a few Republican Congress members or senators who were trying to claim she was soft on child pornography and trying to, again, yeah, I mean, more and, shit. Yeah, because, she, because of who she represented and she had a pro bono case where she took somebody on. And they, they, you know, they tried to dig into that a little bit. And then they, you know, looked at some of her clients when she was a public defender. And it's like, you're a federal public defender. Like, you get appointed to cases. Um, you know, but she did have a couple. I think she had one pro bono case with, I believe, someone who was a sex offender or something like that. I, I, can't, I can't remember the exact details of it. But the, the, the things that I saw were them claiming she was, as a judge, going soft on sentencing. And none of the data backs that up at all. No, the, just, da the data does that. I mean, she, 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 she actually had a great response. She basically said, I look at the victims and explain to these offenders that the victim of your crime affects them for the rest of their lives. You know, you, you talked about one girl that had agoraphobia, afraid to go out because of being exposed on the internet. And she said, you're in jail for this amount of time. This person will deal with this for the rest of their lives. And she was actually pretty hard ass about it. Yeah. Um, 
and, and the other thing too is just looking at like just looking at the raw data of her, of of her decisions, right? Like she's right in line with the rest of the federal judges, right? And she also sat on the sentencing board, and she understands the guidelines, and 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 you you don't necessarily sentence someone to the maximum um, every time because that 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 sets a that sets a bad precedent, right? Um, sure. And 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 you need some wiggle room, and there has to be. You, you know, some you, jurisprudence, I believe. Is right. The I mean, you want to use some jurisprudence, and you want to make sure that 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 the the punishment fits the crime to a degree. Um, and everybody hates child porn, and for some reason, it's something that the that the right has really latched onto, right? Like, and I think it was, a lot of that had to do with the whole Pizza Gate scandal sure. and the whole that there's did. some cabal that eats children or something right. like that. Um, and look. Child pornography, child sex abuse, all of that, pedophilia, all of it is disgusting and terrible and awful. And those people need to be caught and they need to be punished. But there's diff- there's various levels to it. I'm sorry. Absolutely, sure. And even if, you, even if you think, well, there shouldn't be, well, fine, sure. but there are. There are, sure. There are. And we're not going to start changing laws based off the way, you know, conservative Bob out in the suburbs who drives a pickup truck, who goes hunting, who's got a boat and a jet ski and a motorcycle and everything else. I don't give a fuck about how you want to change the laws to fit what you think they should be now, right? These are what the laws are, right? Like, so if you want them changed, then go talk to whoever your representative is, and maybe they can present a bill, and maybe they'll change the law. But we're going to go by what the laws are now, what the sentencing guidelines are now. And, right, you may not like every punishment that's dealt out, but it's done within the boundaries of the law, and that's it. So I don't really give a fuck about your opinion. That's right. just that's right. just it. And these senators... And these, these senators, they, they should know this. And they do know they this. They know it. But they're using this, right? And that's, that's why this whole process is such, is such a, a, a mockery of, of, what it, of what it was and what it was intended right. to be. And I meant to go back to that because I love pointing out that Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Ruth Gator. Ruth Gator. Gatorberg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia, arguably the two most extreme justices of our lifetime. Oh, don't say what you're about to say. Yeah, we know they were like, friends. They, they, no, no, no. Oh. They were they were approved or you know, approved it like a ninety-five to five vote. The the vote was overwhelming in both cases because they were qualified. And in those days, the senator said, "The president gets to appoint these people. We need to judge their qualifications. They're qualified." Uh, you know. No part and part of the problem too is that you, you like, you know. The Democrats can't get a majority, right? Like they haven't, you know. It's it's taken a, like it's been a while since they right. had a majority in the Senate, and it's as thin uh, as majority as you can have, right? Right. Now. I mean, and, and that's that's also part of the problem, right? That's 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 why after the twenty twenty elections, I was like, mm, guys, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yay, Trump's not in the White House anymore, but I mean, you still have issues, and the issue is, like, you got the Senate by literally the skin of your dick. And, you know, you lost ground in Congress and, you know, if they're not careful, they could lose the Senate coming up in this next round of midterms and they could lose more ground in Congress. Now, every, you know, all the all the left wing Democratic pollsters are saying, no, it's the opposite. They're actually going to get more ground in the Senate and they're going to gain more ground in Congress. I, I haven't heard anyone say that. Which, the, and, which is where you're just like, what in the actual, like, we, we just live in a weird time where reality just doesn't, it's a midterm election. It is a midterm election, so 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 the party that's in power right now, which is which is the Democrats, 
historically have always lost ground at the midterms because people, the, the, the luster wears off, the honeymoon right. is over, people get mad, right? And you've already got a very divided country as is. You had some people who held their nose and voted for Joe Biden just because they really didn't, they really dislike Trump. Right. And so and they probably did that in some instances along, you know, down the ballot and for, for Senate and congressional seats. And now you got a lot of people that are disenfranchised with the Democrats right sure. now. And they're going to go the other way during the midterms, even if they even if they well, even if it's just to take their frustration out on Joe Biden. And, and the bigger issue is turnout. Right. The, Dem you know, the party in power I don't doesn't think, have. Well, I, I don't think that turnout will be an issue. I think you're going to get a large turnout. See, that's why I think it's going to be much more interesting than history, because historically, midterms don't get nearly the turnout of presidential years, and the frustrated people come out, and the complacent people right. don't. But I, I think that because you're going to get so many people, it, like people are, are very aware, right? Like They're very aware of voting, and they're very aware of voting for their side. How informed they are on the issues is a whole different conversation. But... I think that you're going to get just as many Republicans that come out to vote as you get for Democrats to come out to vote. The issue is, is that they've made it very hard, especially in some places like the South, um, whether it's Georgia or That's Texas or Mississippi or whatever. Form. They yep. made it very. They, they've taken away, um, you know, accessibility yeah, for for here. that particular voting block. So that's why I think that, that like, listen, I don't think that this is a slam dunk. You know, anyone saying that the Democrats oh. are going to are going to gain ground? Certainly not a slam dunk. I, I mean, I just I mean, I, to me, to me, it's a fourth fourth and twenty fire down the middle of the field. Right. I mean, but I just, I'm not I, giving up yet. Right. I mean, I just I think they're absolutely going to lose the Senate. Um, you know, because I, 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 you know, now I hope. I mean, if Ohio, I mean Rob Portman, I'm not a fan of his, but him retiring and leaving the options between Josh Mandel and the other guy that Josh Mandel called a pussy because the other guy was in Josh Mandel's face and they were bumping bellies on stage during a debate. Like, okay, I did not see that and I'm ashamed of myself. Oh my god, it's it's it is. First of all, Josh Mandel has put on a little bit of weight, and yes, I'm body shaming him, but it's fine. I don't care. Um, How dare you? And these two, like. It is so bizarre. I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll track I'm it down after. Myself, tweet it. I well, I think I did tweet it out. I'll, I'll find the tweet and I'll, I'll send it directly to you so you can see it. But it, it is it is wild. If it wasn't my state, it would be hilarious. But it is my state, right. and these two are talking. These two are um, are you know in line so to to be the next senator in Ohio. All right. Uh, one more thing about Ted Cruz. We can make this real quick. But he got into an altercation with. Um, Someone at the airport, the Bozeman, Montana airport, that required them to summon the police. And he did my favorite thing that douchebags do. He uttered the words, do you know who I am? And I, I, I'm a Jim Rome fan to a large degree. Jim Rome used to always say that if you ever say, do you know who I am? Nothing good happens after that. Either they do, and they don't give a fuck, or they don't. And you're a douchebag. <laughs> so the funniest thing to me is like, what the fuck was Ted Cruz doing in Bozeman, Montana? Now, I'm a guy who watches the show Yellowstone. So as soon as I hear Montana, my ears per perk up, right? And if you watch the show, which you haven't, then I'm, I mean, anyone who's watched the show knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about because the show is wild. Oh, yeah. Heard right? it's, great. it's I mean, Yellowstone and Succession, they're just about a bunch of wealthy white people and I can't get enough of either. Um, I have to like go watch something by Tyler Perry to kind of balance things out. <laughs> Um, a couple episodes of Empire to try to... It has nothing to do with Tyler Perry, but okay. Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Black people fighting for stuff is mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. I All mean, right. that's fair. I mean, that's 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 probably... 
you know, uh, I probably would go the power route with yeah. uh, with 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 Fifty Cent and Crew. But anyway, um, anyway, Ted Cruz, yeah, I just, I, the guy. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a douche or whatever. That's funny. I'm just, I'm, I am still curious why he was in Bozeman. But after watching the show, some of the views, like it's just amazing scenery. Um, but you probably won't ever find my black ass out there. So. And the answer is he was in Bozeman because there were no flights to Cancun that day. Oh. That was a cheap shot, and oh. I'm not apologizing for it at all. Uh, I do, I do want to... Um, Skip that. All right, well, do you want to just jump to... Uh, yeah, because we don't have a lot of time left, and I don't really care about that. Um, but I do want to talk the sports stuff down here. Okay. Uh, take it because I well, let's start. Gonna... Let's let's get let's get to uh, the Brittany Griner update. Okay. I mean, only, the only thing is, what's the update other than we know that she's healthy? I mean, no, that was she the same... actually met with the U.S. Uh, embassy, so okay. they were they were granted access to meet her in prison. So they okay. So a, a a someone who works for the U.S. embassy in Russia has physically seen her. Says she's doing okay. They're, <laughs> she's they're, still tall. She's still tall. Um, but um, to me, that's important. Because it is important. No, it's 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 critical. It's very important. Um, and we said we would keep this going. No, I, yes, are... I absolutely appreciate it. I just, I, you know, yeah, my sure. plate is kind of full, so it's hard for me to keep track of everything. So I am glad that she's doing okay. I just, I still am not sure what the outcome is. I, I, I just don't see the Russians giving her up. Um, I think that they're going to sentence her to a couple years in prison just to do it, just out of spite. Very possibly. I mean, I, possibly. I, I don't see any other way around it, and I, I don't know how we get her out. I mean, unless we trade something, I agree. Right. But, I but mean, I'm just, I'm just glad. call up uh, Robert Redford and Brad Pitt and see if see what they can do. Spy game. Yeah. Okay. Dinner out. All right. I love I, that movie. I've only seen like ten minutes of it. Oh my god, I've seen it. Oh my god, so many times. I okay. love it. I don't, I'll, I don't I'll know check why. It. I will check it out. It's a good movie. Um, but anyway. All right. So we can talk, we talk NFL now? Oh, we absolutely can. Oh yeah. So. So, wow, the NFL has been – this has been a crazy year. Um, you know, we, we've seen a number of big moves. Just today we saw Tyreek Hill go from the Kansas City Chiefs over to the Miami Dolphins and then get, you know, sign on with a, a big, I think, four- or five-year, $120 million contract, something, something like, like that. that. So Tyreek Hill ends up resetting the market for receivers. But Patrick Mahomes ends up losing one of his most dangerous weapons in Tyreek Hill – um, I mean, Tyreek Hill's speed is just something that you cannot replace. I mean, it, you, you just can't. I, I'm aware. Um, as right. a Bills fan, as a Bills fan you well got aware. to see that firsthand in the playoffs. But, um, you know, so so the whole thing with Tyreek Hill kind of spurns a, a different conversation. And it's directly to, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he signed a mega, you know, $200 sure. million dollar contract. And... You know, you wonder, is this move by the Kansas City Chiefs something that says, you know, thanks for everything. You got a Super Bowl. You've been really good, but we can no longer afford you because we got to pay the big guy behind the center. Um, and we, we're just going to have to get some draft picks so we get some guys on some cheaper – so we get more talent on on cheaper contracts that we can have for a little bit longer. Yeah, we give up the advantage of you with speed. But, you know, part of it too is that I think, you know, when you and I were talking last week and I was like, listen – these receivers ran some crazy times this right. year. Um, there was just a lot of speed at the combine, especially at the wide receiver position. You're not, again, you're not going to get that exactly, but you might be able to find something somewhat semi poor man comparable um, to where this this move works out for you. Um, and you know, the Dolphins gave up a lot to get him, um, but it also gives Tua. Uh, uh, a, a deep threat, a weapon, and they've already got a really good 
receiver over there. Um, his name Devontae Parker. No, not oh, Devontae. I mean Devontae Parker's okay, but um, oh my god, I, th- I want to say it's. Uh, I'm going to throw a stat out while you're doing while you're trying to look it okay. up or whatever. So I was having lunch um, today, and there was a TV on. Since Ty- Tyree Hill has come into the league, he has 20 touchdowns of 50 yards or more. The next closest guy is Derrick Henry with 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's got almost twice as many as the next guy, and that next guy gets called King Henry right. because he's also someone who is named um, by Lewis. Jalen Waddle is who, yeah, I, Waddell, is who, is, who, who I was thinking of. But anyway, so now you've got Jalen Waddle, you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got uh, uh, Jacecki, the tight end. Over there, who they they re-signed as a big guy. They just re- they they also signed a left tackle. Uh, well, they signed a left tackle, but they also got the running back Edmonds from from Arizona, um, who you know was really effective. You know, kind of sharing t- splitting time with uh, uh, um, Connor. So, I, you know, like all of a sudden, I, I don't know if this is really like. I mean, like it's not going to be the same because it's not going to have Andy Reid and 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 Bien-Aimé calling the plays, uh, but. There are some other pieces there where all of a sudden this could be a, a pretty effective offense, you know, if Tua can stay healthy, um, you know, and then but it also Tua is no Pat Mahomes. No, he's, he's not. He's not proven himself to be. He's that. not. But all of a sudden, like you give him, you give yeah. if you if you make the offensive line better, if you give him a run game with a, a more effective running back, you already have another receiver who can catch the ball. You have a tight end who's effective, and you've got a guy who can blow it off the top. Like that's the team. Yeah. That's the type of thing that makes uh, an average quarterback. A pretty good-looking quarterback. I mean, how many times has Pat Mahomes? I mentioned the 50-yard 50, 50 or longer touchdowns. How many times has that Pat Mahomes just fired it up there and right. he's gotten I mean, beat by ten yards? Right. I mean, he looks through all his he looks through all his reads, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "Oh, Tyreek Hill is by himself because his man has no chance in hell on catching him." Yeah. Right. Like so, sometimes that's an advantage for a quarterback that makes an average yeah. one all of a sudden look pretty damn good. Um, but you know, and then going to the bigger conversation, and I think part of the thought process here for some of these teams who are, you know, trading away some of these guys or trading for some of these guys or signing these mega contracts with these quarterbacks is because the money in the NFL uh, is about to go boom, right? Like, I mean, you know, like they're just signing all new deals. Like you've got the Amazon deal where Amazon's going to have exclusive rights to Thursday night games. That's going to bring in money that starts in 2023. So you're going to see a bigger salary cap because of that. And then the direct TV deal ends at the end of the 22 season. So the direct TV deal is massive because remember, that's the only way that you could see all the games, no matter where you live. Now that's going to change probably to a streaming type service, right? Where, so you're not necessarily going to necessarily need a direct TV box or even have to have direct TV. You may be able to now, and and this isn't official, but it's, it's being tossed around that it like you basically you get a membership to to just calm down over there uh you're like everyone's gonna uh everyone's gonna like everyone will be able to access it and then you say you know what i want to see all the steeler games or i want to see all the steeler games and all the bill games or whatever but this package that they're gonna that they're gonna pay for is gonna be somewhere north of six billion dollars right so that also is going to go into increasing the salary cap. So you're seeing a lot of teams like the Steelers sign Mitch Trubisky to a two-year deal that's incentive-laden that would blow up in that second year. But part of that is because that not next year, but the following year, you're going to have a salary cap that is probably 50, like anywhere from 30 to $50 million more than what it is right now. And what I was going to jump in and say is, um, 
when that original deal with DirecTV was made, I don't think AT&T owned DirecTV, but they, they do now. They didn't. They do now. And mind and so you, you used to need a dish. You don't need a dish anymore. Right. You don't need a dish. And here's the thing. That deal that DirecTV originally signed was less than $3 billion. Okay. okay. Well, actually, it's it's well. Actually, I think it's it may be closer to two billion dollars, if not. But either way, which is still a lot of fucking money. Yeah. But all of a sudden, like the the if you put it in today's dollars, um, it's worth three times as much. Which is why I'm putting it at the not me, but right. you know all the experts are saying that you're looking at a six, seven, eight million dollar deal, billion billion dollar deal, and. The, again, that's all money that goes towards the salary cap, right? Like, so there's going to be more money right. in the NFL. And listen, these GMs, these teams, they know this. So I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing them being okay with signing an Aaron Rodgers to a massive deal like that. You're seeing them, but they also need to be able to make their teams work in the meantime until you get to that bigger cap. So they're making these sacrifices like Devontae Adams, like letting Devontae Adams go to the Raiders, sending to Tyreek Hill over for a lot of draft picks so that they can, you know, sort of retool uh, before it gets too late. The wild thing is these kind of monster deals used to only happen when guys reach free agency. And now they're happening in trades. And we saw it with Deshaun Watson. We saw it with, um, Devontae Adams, we're seeing it now with Tyreek Hill, and and the whole reshuffling the cap thing, I love how that works. I mean, to go personal on it, the Bills said we have no money, and then the next thing you know, Von Miller for six years at $120 million. Um, but part of that thing we talked about last week with Deshaun Watson is really intriguing to me now, because with all this going on, Baker Mayfield is suddenly in a lurch. He's got nowhere to go. Yeah, and I mean, it says a lot. I'm I'm projecting here, but it says a lot about what the Browns thought of Baker Mayfield when they were able, willing to give up as much as they did, both financially and in draft capital, to not have him play for them. No, that's that's not. You're you're putting a spin on it. It's it's oh. not. It's not that they didn't think that much of him. It's that. You look at Deshaun Watson, what he's done on the field. You look at his productivity. You look at what he's capable of. You put all this stuff aside from from the allegations and everything else, and you realize, like, look, you could be dealing with a top five guy, and and oh, Baker I'm, is I'm good, but that. you know Baker is a top fifteen, maybe a top ten guy at his best. You know, like Deshaun Watson's ceiling is much higher than Baker's, right? I think Baker can be very effective. I think he can be a winner. I think he can get you to a Super Bowl, but with Deshaun Watson, your chances are better. And so I don't think that I don't think it's them saying we don't value Baker. I think it's them saying we value that guy a whole hell of a lot more. Let's go get him. Right. And I don't think and listen, there were multiple other teams like listen, Atlanta was in the same conversation with a Matt Ryan who took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. And, and they, they, they 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 Atlanta tried everything that they could to get Deshaun Watson something. I don't know what happened. I don't know what Jimmy Haslam said. I don't know what the difference was. Or maybe it was all the guaranteed money. But all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson flips. And now, Atlanta's just like, fuck, we, we Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan. Right? They just handled it better. Right? Because they, or they were able to handle it better because they didn't get Deshaun Watson. So they end up trading. Um, they end up trading Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. Right? I mean, because I don't think Houston wanted Matt Ryan, right? And why would you? Where do you He's thirty-seven? Think, where do you think Baker Mayfield ends up next year? Um, you know, I mean, I think part of this too is that so much has gone on 
it's still we're only a week into free agency, so let's you know yeah, a, well, it feels, we're only it feels like a lot longer, we're only it? a week into free agency, so people are freaking out like you know like well Baker's just gonna have to go to the CFL right, um, but like let's let's get through, um, let's get to the draft right let's get through the draft and see, um, you know I mean guys like like last year. Um, who who got traded last year in like April? Um, last year, was it Carson Wentz? Maybe it was Carson. Yeah, I think it was Carson. Well, yeah, the trade with Carson Wentz came down relatively late. Or, you know, comparative to some of the other stuff, like what, what happened with Stafford, like it, it came like a month later. Right. Um, so I think it's early in free agency. Let's see what happens. Where does he end up? I mean, I think right now everybody is kind of looking at Seattle as sort of like the last sort of man standing. Um, and I think that if a trade doesn't happen, um, you don't have a big injury where somebody all of a sudden needs a starter, um, then I, I think I think the Browns probably end up being forced to release him. Um, and then and, and then there's there's no way to tell, right? Well, I mean here's the thing. He's expensive because he's owed eighteen million because of his fifth year option, no matter what. To trade for him, yeah. He's hurt yeah, but he'll, he'll, he'll be get fine. better. But yeah. and like last year, yeah, I mean, it's not went to, went to Buffalo, and you're like, okay, he's gonna check his ego, take a step back, and and get himself back in the game, and it worked out well for him. Um, I don't see Baker doing that. I don't see a team wanting Baker in that role. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look again. I think everybody is pushing the panic button, and the there's no team for him. He's not gonna end up anywhere. He's gonna end up on a team. Oh, I, team. right. I mean, it's to. just I I'm not gonna get into the oh, okay. predict where he's gonna go because I can't tell you. Sure. Like, there's not but, a mar- there's not a trade market for him. I can't make up a trade market for him. The only possible team that would even think about him is Seattle, and they're not going to. They don't need to. With all the draft capital that they have and where they're drafting, they don't. They're they're gonna draft their guys. So, so this goes and they've got Geno Smith there as a as a holdover and Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, but so this goes back to what we talked about last week, and I'll just go ahead and say it. Could Cleveland have fucked this up more? No, they could not. They fucked up horribly. Yeah, I mean, they they just they should have they should have moved him. Now the issue is though, I'm not going to say they fucked it up because part of the problem was if you don't get Deshaun Watson, right? Then then what do you do? You got right. one year with Baker. Hope he turns it around. And well, then but it out. no, but like the only way to do this is you got to trade him before you get Deshaun Watson. Remember, they didn't trade him. That they didn't trade him before they got him, which is what got him into this mess. Understood. So the only way to fix the, the only way to avoid this situation or to unfuck it up, as you just said, which would mean that they would have to have gambled and traded him beforehand, and then hope that they got Deshaun Watson. Um, and the clock's ticking. Anyone else can j- jump in and sign Deshaun Watson. I mean, right? There's I so mean, many times there's, there's, where there's, yeah, you know, a lot of machinations behind the scenes. Right, we don't and, see and we don't know. Working. I mean, like, f- from what I heard, it was news to the Browns that there was mutual interest. And as soon as they found out that there was mutual interest, then Jimmy Haslam right. said, "Load up the jet, let's go." Well, and not only was it not <laughs> load up the jet, and I'm bringing my briefcase filled with the green stuff. Not, let's go. Not only was there unaware of mutual interest. A story came out said the Browns aren't, aren't interested and then 48 hours later he was 
he was traded. Right, and I don't know how much. Right, and I don't know how much media gamesmanship there was there between you know people putting out. But all all I'm saying is, I think it's a lot. The Browns were in a tough position. They had to pull the trigger. I'm not going to say that they fucked this up. I I am. No, 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 no. Why? Because why? Because they're 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 dealing with a public relations nightmare. They gave Deshaun Watson so much money. The public the, the public relations nightmare was Deshaun Watson and. And what he did—that's that's one right. thing. Right, but that has nothing to do with Baker. Okay, well, it has to do with the Browns organization, though. Oh, okay, but that's not—I mean, the focus that, is Baker okay, Mayfield, okay, right? Okay. Like, I, was, I mean, I, I'm just saying the Browns fucked up. I wasn't saying Baker's the the, the well. The but bad what guy if the? But I mean, the Browns got their guy, right? The, I mean, they and they, they, they gave up, up so much to get him, and they're stuck with eighteen but, million dollars of cap money on a guy who's. But I, they have so much cap space; it honestly doesn't right, fucking matter. All right, we're we're going over, and I gotta talk about this at least for a minute. Did you hear what was cut, has come out about Urban Meyer? Yeah, I mean, sure and none of this is a surprise. Urban Meyer was a bad football coach. He was a great recruiter at Ohio State. What we know now is that Ryan Day and uh, the other guy who, or John, whatever, who went to Texas, um, like they were the reason why the Ohio State offense was what it was. But Urban Meyer wasn't a good coach. Okay, but. According to the report, he said, there's a 99 guy on the Rams. It's going to be a problem for us. And the whole team went, hmm? And I was having this conversation with some random dude at a bar the other day, and he was like, we know about Aaron Donald. You are a professional football coach. And and, and, and maybe it's getting – I want to be fair. It could yeah. be spun. It could be one of those things where some coaches just call part of the problem the with Part of the problem with the, with the article out of The Athletic is that a lot of those quotes attributed to, uh, to Urban Meyer were from unnamed sources, right? Okay. Which I find kind of bullshit because Urban Meyer's like, whoever you are, <laughs> if whether you're with the Jaguars or whether you're with another NFL team, Urban Meyer's name is mud in the NFL. So put your fucking name on it. Right, like that—that's—that is why I'm like I'm not big on this whole thing. Like I, I look, I think Urban Meyer—I think Urban Meyer was a trash coach. I didn't think he was a great coach at Ohio State, but I did think he was a fantastic recruiter. Um, he but, clearly was. I mean, and, and, I, doing it. and I had no issue with him leaving, and I was immediately rewarded with Ryan Day. But um, that whole article that came out with the Athletic, part of my issue is there was a lot of unnamed sources: this person, that person, and even if all that shit was true. What the fuck do you care? What what what, what, are, you, what are you mad at? Fucking, like, what do you think Urban Meyer is gonna come and do to you? That guy can't. He couldn't get a job doing anything. He couldn't get a job as a fucking ball boy in the NFL, right? He probably won't even coach again in college unless it's unless it's some you know Northwest Mexico State or some bullshit like that. Like so, I mean, I, all I'm saying it, is put your name because I that doesn't make it like it sounds kind of bogus or it sounds like they're not putting full context into what he's saying. Very possibly true. Because it sounds very, you know, guy in New Balance at Lowe's-ish. Like, oh, who's this Who's this 99 guy? Never heard of him. Somebody better block him, sort of. Yeah, and it could be. You know what I mean? But, some, some coaches and some players just call guys by their number. Right. I mean, I think it was, uh, it was, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be like, Way to go, 88. And it was just kind of like the way they chose to communicate. Like, everyone knows what their own fucking number yeah. is. But I just, it came out, it was hilarious to me. And just yeah, I mean, Meyer, like you said, his name is Mud. Yeah. And I, you and I look at these things from a different vantage point. You're looking at it from the comedic value, which is the thing that I don't care about. It's like, what's the actual, like, root of the story? What are they trying, what message are they trying to convey? What, like, and, and I think with this, 
and I have no love loss for Urban Meyer, but I think this this was a hit piece. And if you're going to do a hit piece, my big thing is I want names on it. And there's no reason to hide your name from Urban Meyer if you're in the NFL because he will never be in the NFL again. I think that's a safe bet. And he may not be in major college football again. Right. I'll be curious. But some of these guys do land in, you know. I mean, he may get back to Bowling Green. Yeah, <laughs> End up at Youngstown be, State be, or something. Be, be a special advisor to Bowling Green. Right. Like, I mean, he I, might I try to know, go the Trestle route and the, end up at Akron the, or something. The reason why. He can't even go back to Cincinnati. So first of all, I, I used to have a lot of respect for Urban Meyer. I've lost all of it. And he's just come off to me as a total out-of-touch douche when he, when he criticized Trevor Lawrence for going to Vegas for his bachelor party as a way of deflecting from I was in a bar in Columbus with a chick grinding on my ass while my team was back in Jacksonville. Right. Lost all respect for the guy. Right. Like so a, a, barely, to... <laughs> a barely 21-year-old chick, too, at that, which I don't mind, but, like, bro, you're, like, 60. That, that was not and, and, a and, good look. And throwing your recently drafted number one franchise quarterback under the bus yeah, as a way to deflect. Like, your 23-year-old quarterback throwing him under the bus because he went to Vegas for his bachelor in the party. the offseason. Right. Is... Just, so Urban Meyer went to be from, boy, this guy's successful, to... Boy, at Ohio State, I, you know, when I cared watching his play calling, I'm like, eh. And now it's just, what a fucking douche. And looking at the way his star has fallen, yeah, I guess I'm kind of being a dick and looking at it from a comedic perspective. No, it's yeah, funny. it's not a crit- I'm just saying we're just looking at it from, from fair, different, fair. you know, like I just, I have issues with that report, the, and it's not because of my love for Urban Meyer, right. is what no, I'm saying. No, I, and the put your name on it is a, is a legitimate yeah. point, but people don't like to do that. And uh, like I said, maybe it was a guy in... New balances at Lowe's, but either way, it's just how the mighty have fallen from what he was to where he is now. Yikes. And he can thank himself. And he can thank himself, exactly. All right, brother, we've got a bit long. We've got a pack for Vegas, so uh, we got that going for us. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and unless you've got a last word, we're out. And we're out. Enjoy. Talk to you when we get back from Vegas.